0: You're listening to The John DiPietro Show, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Always listen online at our website, DePetro.com. Controversy now with uh, both Governor McKee and Mayor Alorza. But, folks, I want to start off um, because it's not every day. And, and the way it normally works, when someone from a television station is let go or leaves for whatever reason, but it seemingly would be let go, um, their competitors won't cover it and and that's just like kind of the norm so you have someone that has left channel 10 so channel 12 they won't cover the news unless it was something like if the person was killed or something or if someone left from channel 6 10 and 12 don't cover it and and then the station with the person left they tend to not want to get into it but kelly bates very very popular meteorologist i believe she's been with channel 10 now since 1995 so uh 10 20 26 years and apparently without any details she was let go or could not come to an agreement i'm told not fired but she is just no longer with nbc10 and she took to social media and this is what it sounded like yesterday she posted this kelly bates now out at channel 10 she posted this on TikTok.
1: so today today was an interesting day I honestly didn't think this date would go this way, but here I am.
0: <sighs> I wanted to say thank you. Thank you for trusting me over so long. And thank you for all the nice things you're saying. Me.
1: It does help. I can't wait to see what's coming next, but right now I do need a minute to breathe. <sighs> Sorry, it's just a lot. So, thank you. Really, can't wait to see where we end up next, right? It's going to be awesome.
0: All right, so folks, there it is, and it's uh, very sad. But Kelly Bates, um, she is on social media. She is on uh, Facebook and Twitter, and also obviously on TikTok, where we found that in um so we don't really have a lot of details now there is a new scandal now new scandal regarding governor mckee no it's not the tony silva situation no it's a new scandal and this one again is channel 12 uh tim white was asking governor mckee about this as his at his uh weekly press briefing i i don't know what to make of this story but it's uh again none of it is good this is the Story, the latest controversy now, with Governor McKee, Channel 12, breaking it. That's supposed to be helping reopen the state's public schools this fall.
1: Target 12 investigator Tim White went to the governor to find out what taxpayers are getting for the money. This new consulting company called ILO Group was incorporated the same week Governor Dan McKee took office back in March. Within a few months, the state was awarding them a
0: lucrative contract. Over five officials million officials would later admit it was a messy process. Six in million. March,
1: Rhode Island asked for proposals from companies to assist in the reopening of schools for the 2021-22 school year. But when the bids were returned, they were out of whack. Ilo Group, a brand new firm, said the job would cost nearly nine million dollars, while huh. West Ed, a company that has done work for the state for two decades, said it would cost less than a million. What the government review team looking at the bid said: apparently, the broad and vague nature of the RFP created a fundamental misunderstanding among the vendors eventually ilo group came down to 6.5 million west ed to 3.3 million in the end, ILO Group landed a $5.2 million
0: consulting oh. contract
1: that could grow to $6 million. Wow. Just don't wave a wand and have that happen. Governor Dan McKee says the state needed ILO Group for both short-term and long-term education planning. I wanted to make sure that we reopen
0: schools safely. I think everybody in the state of Rhode Island wants to make sure we're reopening Not safely. Not at $6 million.
1: Uh, They have the capacity to do that. Target 12 has also learned ILO Group was founded by staffers at Chiefs for Change, an education nonprofit whose CEO has been a longtime supporter of McKee. Ah, oh. connection play a role at all in the state support of, of that bit? We supported people who could get the work done that I just talked about. So it didn't matter who referred or who who may have had a relationship. Both the ILO Group and Chiefs for Change tell Target 12 they are not working together on this state contract, and no employees from Chiefs for Change are currently working at the ILO Group. With the Target 12 investigators, Tim White, 12 News.
0: Now again, folks, it's a little bit inside. There's more details. The, the top guy was on the governor's transition team. Now, I'll say this about this particular—I don't know if we want to call it a scandal yet, but definitely a story involving Governor McKee, but— there is um there's starting to be a pattern that they they don't seem to understand certain stories that could can get them in trouble that's one of them uh there's a money trail donations and the next thing you know a company forms the week that he's inaugurated and they get this very lucrative contract to something very odd that they bid nine million the company that have been doing it bid one million uh and then still they lower it to they go down to six and then the other company goes up to three and millions of dollars but the the i'll say this about the governor i mean at some point the whole element of you know you got to understand you're not in cumberland anymore you're supposed to be running the state yeah a lot of eyebrows get raised oh you mean just because the you know the guy that got the contract is donated to yes because of that because he's donated to your campaign it shows possible favoritism it takes away from what you want to do and then it also starts to make i'll tell you what this also does is it it certainly sends a message to the media that you know there could be some things going on behind the scenes you got to know that channel 12 is really going to dig into this now the thing about this is it's not that easy to understand it's a little complicated tony Silva's story was far more easy right to understand got a piece of land knows the right people suddenly they're going to let him build on it but uh governor mckee and his people they have to be a little little lackadaisical in their approach towards things and almost seemingly sometimes seeming surprised like oh why you know like George Costanza with the cleaning woman why was that wrong should I not have done that should we not have taken you know awarded some friends some people that he obviously knows very well the head of the firm served on his transition team should I not have given them a six million dollar contract I mean at, at what point does this stop being like this, like a novelty to it um, and I'm telling you, this stuff is going to add up. Uh, it may not seem like a huge deal to him right now. I assure you, his opponents are going to use this against him. And it, it starts to be a pattern. It is. Where it's like a, a new scandal, and then that starts to engulf them. You exhaust the staff, and then it's the new scandal, and then you move from scandal to scandal. Um, I, I, I don't know what to make of the story other than it, there's none of it that sounds good. I'll put it that way. All right, folks, a lot more ahead. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's a challenge to run your business these days. Maybe you need to find the right type of workers. Why not let MEGA Professionals find them for you? Call MEGA Professionals today, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-7801. MEGA, M-E-G-A, Professionals, 508-336-7801. Maybe if you need workers... or warehouse workers, office workers, professionals, even those in the healthcare profession, MIGA Professionals, call them today, 508-336-7801. Again, 508-336-7801. You focus on your business, let MIGA Professionals help you find the workers. MIGA Professionals, 508-336-7801.
2: Have you been thinking about updating your website? Or find Karen on the web at www.innovas.com.
0: This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering. Call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts jkl it's going to be a hot summer ahead called jkl engineering today estimates are free financing is available remember with jkl 54 years in business reputation is second to none especially for technical expertise customer satisfaction jkl is an approved national grid vpi installer they're also a navian certified factory dealer Call jkl for a system replacement oil to gas for a heat pump Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call J.K.L. 401-351-7600. Remember, J.K.L. Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's J.K.L. Call them, 401 401- 351 7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with JKL Engineering. 401 351 7600. Cheer listening to the John DePietro Show. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 9.9 9. FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Joining us right now with the Boston Globe is Dan McGowan. Dan, I want to start off. Sounds like Venture Cafe. This is going to be a, a, a nice event thursday and the spotlight is on the team in rhode island that is in so many ways impacted journalism affected news it's a new model that is uh certainly taken off and it's a chance for people to to meet the globe staff thursday night i believe it starts at six o'clock
2: uh five o'clock and and thank you so much for giving me the second to plug it yeah if you listen to john and i every week uh, you know, obviously, how how much the Globe is now kind of invested in Rhode Island with me uh. and with four or five other, uh, uh, you know, staffers. Or we have an editor down here. And so we're going to be at our office at 225 Dyer Street um, in our building right downtown. There's plenty of parking down there. And we want everyone to come out and just uh, hear from, you know, what we're working on. You're going to hear directly from us. I'm actually going to moderate the discussion with my colleagues Um, And, you know, just going to be a chance to meet the reporters. You don't get to do that every day, John. I think you know this as well as anybody because you're boots on the ground very much is it's nice to have kind of a face to face conversation with, you know, that voice on the radio or that person you read in print or the person who sends you an email every day. And so it'll be casual. It's not a, you know, uh, it's certainly not a, a, you know, a big tie in black jacket affair, but it'll be a great way. You'll be able to ask questions of us, you know, what we're covering, find out a lot more about what we're working on in Rhode Island. And, you know, we've been here now two years um, and, you know, growing every day. And so it, it, it's a great chance to, um, yeah, come meet your local reporters who live here, who care about this place and who want to cover it as best we can.
0: Who's going to be there? Who's going to be on stage? You're gonna have. You're, you're the moderator. Yeah, who's you're gonna, gonna have, be
2: there. You're gonna have me as the moderator. You're gonna have our editor Lila Alphonse, who um, yeah. you know, who, who who's been our editor for about six eight months now. Um, Amanda Milkovitz, uh, you know, longtime Providence Journal reporter, who uh, who is who, who reports for us now, will be there. Ed Fitzpatrick, uh, who, another reporter who, who was a columnist at the Providence Journal, um, I believe. Brian Amaral, another reporter, again, we grabbed from the Providence Journal, is is going to be with us. My one colleague, Alexa Gagas, who I think is fantastic uh, and who I want the world to know is actually on vacation this week. So she's not going to be there, but there'll be the three of us. It'll be our editor uh, or the four of us, I suppose. And um, and yeah, you're going to get to meet all of us and, and really learn about what we're doing in Rhode Island.
0: Well, let's start off with Amanda. And uh, last week, I mean, and and I think people can understand how many times I reference it, but the Globe and Amanda set the tone for the coverage and broke so much news on that tragedy and shooting and war. And I was there. She was not only there. She quickly got so much information ahead of everybody else. She was standing right next to me when they did the fire procession. To me, that was a good example where everybody starts at the finish line and the gun goes off and she was just ahead of the pack before anyone else.
2: Well, and part of it, John is, and again, this is a credit to you in many ways is no, is being able to just be there, just Mm. be present. And, and that's the thing, you know, I think a lot of people, when they hear the globe covers Rhode Island, You know, even I, as somebody who lives here and, you know, spends obviously a lot of time in Providence, I get a lot of questions about how's Boston, how, you know, did did you move up there? The answer is no, none of us live in Boston. We all live in Rhode Island. Many of us live in Providence. And so that's the the difference. The ability to get down to places very quickly when there's, when there is, you know, a terrible situation where two people end up dead. Um... And, and, and yeah, and, and Amanda, you know, she's she's a deeply both sourced reporter when it comes to law enforcement, but more importantly, and again, it's a lot like you, uh, you know, you've seen these type of things before, so you know where they're going, you know who to ask the questions to, you know, you know, what the, what the next five things that the police are going to say almost before they say it. And so Amanda's very good at that. She's always been, you know, on top of crime, usually in Providence, but you know, obviously she can extend her wings a bit. And uh yeah, I mean, what a terrible uh situation last week uh
0: in it, Warren. It was, but the 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 globe coverage of it was fantastic. And again, she was leading the way with the coverage. I'm always partial to who can I just am who can get something first, who really breaks something. And again, folks, there's a great story in the globe, and again, I'll give her credit, but the uh, this this selection of by Mayor Lorza, the majors. Now, I, I just don't remember the last time there was this type of an uproar. And sometimes there's things that happened in McGowan that for certain members of the police department, but maybe not everyone or some departments just shrug it off like, hey, that's not me. And I'll do that. But this announcement by Mayor Lorza and going outside and choosing a civilian, it it. Really has just affected that I've seen, like the entire department. And again, the the Globe has had broke the story and has had the most coverage on it.
2: Yeah, well, this is one of those situations. I mean, I think John, the last time that you've, you you even saw someone come in in such a high ranking position without being a traditional, you know, pro, coming up through the ranks in Providence would have been Dean esterman the former chief, yeah,
0: right? That's right. Um,
2: and remember, these major positions, that's right below the chief. They're the the, uh, positions that are uh, mayoral appointed. And so there you you are allowed to do these kinds of things. Um, And, and, you know, there's obviously historically, there's always been controversy around, you know, who gets picked and who's, you know, who likes the mayor and who doesn't. I mean, going back decades and decades and decades. This one, though, you're right, is uh, particularly controversial, I think, because. I think there's a lot of, and, and this is all on the mayor. This is the mayor's fault. I think there's a lot of confusion around what the mayor wants to do with this spot. He creates a major position that he, he was very clear up front. I want this to be, you know, kind of community focused, community relations focused. Um, but when you hire somebody, he hired the rec director in Providence, guy named Mike Stevens, been around for a long time, Um you know, if this were the the, the easiest way for this to kind of go away and not be a significant controversy is make him the director of community of relations, right? right? It's simply the fact that they made him a major, which is a a, a very important position in any police department. Um, And yeah, you're getting a lot of blowback from the rank and file. Now, look, I think the rank and file almost certainly would have been opposed to Almost anything the mayor appointed at this point. There's uh, there's a lot of anger and frustration with the mayor, but the mayor certainly knows how to pour you know vinegar in a wound because he, he did not care and he seems to be not backing down from this appointment. You know you're seeing and Amanda's reported on this pretty extensively the uh, you know i think council president igliozzi has said we love mike stevens and it's true I, i've known mike stevens for 10 years he's a very decent man he's yeah. good in the community like there there's yep. no you know there's nothing that makes mike stevens a bad guy it's simply change the title and you're going to be you know you, you would have less of diversity but the mayor right at least right now seems to be sticking with him as the newest major in the providence police department
0: and, the, uh, and again, folks, speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe and, and your colleague, Amanda Milk, did do an interview with the mayor. And what I'd like to point out, Dan McGowan, is he he completely rewrote the book. And I also like how, you know, she mentions the fact a big problem when Cianci was the mayor was the interference, Frank Correnti basically, you know, trying to run the police department from City Hall. I, you know, Alorza may not, Mayor Alorza may not like it, but. This is complete political interference from the mayor's office.
2: It is complete political interference. It, 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 there's no doubt about that. Now, again, I'll say the major position, you choose them from the mayor's office. That's always how it's been. It's, it's true. That's how this works. Yes. But uh, you're, you, there's no doubt. I mean, look, the easiest thing the provi- that, that Mayor Lorza could have done from within you know you you can even a lot of people you you hate to say this but you you can work a deal out right you can call the providence police union and say hey look you guys are mad at me but i'm gonna give one of your guys you know a a major promotion here um help me pick it right just you, you could you can even do something like that and for one day or for a couple of hours maybe you get a little bit of, you know, kind of praise. You can, you can stand together and do that kind of thing. And that's the thing that this mayor does not care about things like that. He does not care about the kind of the internal political perception that, that, that he faces. And this one is a very legitimate one. Again, you know, I'm working on a column on this. I think Mike Stevens is actually a really good uh, appointee for a job that has this exact job description but not necessarily the major's position because again that means so much to all law enforcement including the providence
0: police Tim hey, mcgowan not only that but i don't remember the last time that someone was chosen and and they're not even the mayor is they're not even hiding the fact let's let's just he was he was chosen because of the color of his skin he was chosen the the, the, the lordson was under a pressure under pressure to Deliver someone of color to be in the major's position, and this person was chosen. And and never mind the fact he doesn't have the the normal qualifications of a police officer. Uh, The thing about, and people don't understand, you know, they take the test for sergeant. They take this test for lieutenant. They take the test for captain. That's where you test out. You can't take a test for major. You can only apply for it. It's going to be appointed. But basically, Mayor Lorza is not hiding the fact that of the three majors chosen— one was Latino, one was Caucasian, and then this Mike Stevens, who I've heard great things about, is a great guy and a fantastic basketball ref. But he was basically chosen because he's a friend of Mayor Lorza and because of the color of his skin.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, th- this is a there's no doubt about this. that you know, it almost sounds controversial for for you and I to be talking about it. But be very clear, right? There is no doubt that the mayor wanted to hire. A, a black major in fact yes. years ago there was a there was a strong movement uh it was it was many years ago now six seven years ago uh within the black community led by you know the activist kobe dennis and others who said we want a black major um even as the the city was moving towards um, you know, I think you, had a, I think you had Oscar Perez already, you know, in a, in a high ranking position in the Providence Police More, You had a, a couple of folks who uh, were minorities who were, you know, moving up the ranks. But they said very clearly, we want a black major. And the mayor, uh, the mayor was candid. I think at the time, he, he, you know, he, he looked at it like, I don't know. And he didn't want to bring somebody in from the outside, at least at the time. Uh, he didn't quite feel like there was. Uh, a lot of choices uh, internally. There was always talk about the state representative, Ray Hull, um, potentially looking for this job. And the mayor kind of went quiet for for years. I mean, I, I don't remember talking to Mayor Lorza about hiring a black major for maybe three or four years. Yep. Um, and then last summer, uh, you know, right after he did the reparations, right after he did the, um, you know, universal income, he also said, hey, we're going to launch we're going to uh, move toward hiring a, a, you know, another major in this department. And he made it pretty clear. I think he, he had to be a little careful, but it was, it was obvious that this was going to be a black major. Uh, and so they, you know, he decided to go with somebody who, yes, he's had a relationship with, he's known for a long time and go back to this. I've said this twice now, but, you know, the simplest solution is just make him a director, just make him, you know, put him in the mayor's office, do any number of things where he could have a good relationship with the Providence Police Department. He could show up to all the command meetings and have all these conversations. Making him a major is the thing that I know the union is upset about. And I know so many Providence police officers who, you know, were texting and calling me were just, you know, so disappointed and kind of disheartened with that, with the decision.
0: And not only that, before we take a break, but in his interview with uh, Amanda Mulkovich, your, your colleague in Focus, it appears in the Globe. Mayor Alorza, I believe, even goes out of his way to say that of the African-Americans that applied, he considered him to be the best. So my point is, he's not even saying we're trying to get the best possible person. It, he comes off, certainly, that this position was specifically carved out for a person of color. Yes.
2: Again, there's no no doubt that that is the case. I think the mayor has, and I think the, the where the mayor, and I think where any city or any government, really any uh, you know agency or or you know profession, like everybody has to dance around the idea of you know no whites allowed. You're not allowed right. to do that. But uh, but, but the, that's the, very clearly what happened. It is.
0: And in, in this line, Dan McGowan, in the interview with the Globe, the mayor said Stevens, who's highly regarded, longtime CE referee stood out to him from, quote, the other three finalists, all of whom were police officers of color. That's that's not even trying to hide it. He's basically saying that's someone of color was going to be chosen. I just don't remember the last time that type of talk was even mentioned. And I agree with you. I feel almost uncomfortable talking about it, but that's we're just calling exactly out, and it's the mayor that set the parameters uh, for his decision. Folks, a quick break. A lot more. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts 508 336 2110. 508 336 2110 for Miga, MEGA, MEGA, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates. 336 2110 508 336 2110. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair.
1: 321-2799 That's 401-321-2799 Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com
0: Calvino Call for a free consultation today 401-785-9400 Or online FightBackCallJack.com Were you or a friend or a member of your family in an auto accident motorcycle accident slip and fall workplace injury Fight back call jack free consultation 401-785-9400 50 years personal injury law experience and his office 100 years combined total with the staff fight back call jack 401-785-9400 it would be great if you were in an auto accident motorcycle accident slip and fall workplace injury and the other person's insurance company offered to compensate you what they should but it doesn't happen that way you need a fighter fight back call jack free consultation 401-785-9400 jack calvino 401-785-9400 or online fight back call we're speaking with dan mcgowan of the boston globe dan i have a, a friend that um i haven't seen in a while but every time we'd go out to lunch or whatever he would always just say no matter where you were what's the soup du jour and then always like to just order that you know governor mckee is starting to become what's the scandal of du jour the 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 latest uh, we'll talk about governor mckee's got some challenges but boy your your colleagues at channel 12 tim white again shows up and tim white um, I know it's Channel 12 reporting, but uh, this uh, this this contract that was handed out, did this this has all the makings of another another scandal. And they just got over the Tony Silva situation.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you and I joked last right? week. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. You and I joked last week or the week before Tim White shows up at your press conference. Oh, man. And, you know, you not know, good. it's not a good sign. He, he's not there to ask about, you know. Uh, I don't know the, the the school takeover in Providence or something like that. And uh, yeah, and this is a significant uh, this is a significant story. It's a good job by Channel 12. the The background on this for folks who haven't listened is uh, or haven't seen the story is essentially the the state hired a um, you know a firm to basically help reopen schools and oversee things and paid out millions of dollars. I think the agreement is somewhere around five million dollars. Uh, and it went to a brand new uh, uh, company that was started by uh, a woman named Julia Raffle Barr. Uh, not a household name, but folks should know she is incredibly influential in both the McKee administration, she was influential in the Ramundo administration, and has a ton of influence within the Rhode Island Department of Education. Um, in fact, helped to to bring in the, the current commissioner and Green helped to bring in the Providence superintendent, the, the former superintendent, Harrison Peters. Um, basically she worked for a, you know, a, a big national company or firm called uh, chiefs for change. They helped train superintendents and bring them in um, and kind of spun off and started her own organization. And, you know, right out of the gate only a couple of days after, uh, uh, you know, uh, incorporating, she manages to land a multi-million dollar contract from the state of Rhode Island. You know, I, I think the the governor wants this to be, uh, you know, the kind of story that is way in the weeds. And as long as nobody does anything wrong within the contract, it you know, it'll all go away. The problem is, is when it's coming off, as you mentioned, a previous scandal with the chief right. of staff. Yeah. There's a whole new look. You know, the, this was always the problem. This is not to by any means compare, you know, Dan McKee to Buddy Cianci. But as you know, you know, Buddy Cianci always wanted uh, kind of a fresh slate. You know, yes. forget the past yeah. just judge me on going forward. The problem is, is that when you have to resign from the mayor's office twice, you know, in the span of 20 years, you don't get the benefit of the doubt there. Uh, and here's the challenge that, that Governor McKee has. Right. He, you know, the first time or, or, you know, the first time you slip up, make a mistake, then you run a If you could run a you know, very clean administration. Then, you know, you get to say, well, look, everybody makes mistakes. Every office has scandals and we addressed it. We move forward. The problem is, is now you have, you know, two in the span of a couple of weeks. Who knows what else will come out? And, and Governor McKee's back is very much against the wall right now, just as all of the candidates for governor are really kind of starting to hone in, right? So Nellie Gourbet is the one that's out, and she's running already. But you can very much see Seth Magaziner is, uh, is starting to get there. He's going to start to get more critical. We already know how the mayor of Providence feels about Governor McKee. So the governor's the governor's up against the wall right now.
0: Hey, McGowan, do you think that they don't realize that he wants, the governor wants to talk about, let's just say, you know, A, B and C, but the problem is when you have like a Tony Silva situation or I don't know where this is going to go, but they almost don't seem to understand that that kind of, you know, knocks off what he wants to talk about because then he finds himself answering questions about this new thing that has popped up that that they just don't seem to identify right away that it's it could potentially be a problem.
2: Yeah, they don't. The the thing that that Governor McKee has struggled with, I think, since the beginning, uh, and you you and I have talked about this a million times, right? The the on one hand, you say, boy, God bless the guy; he's you know he's transparent. He holds a press conference every week, and what do we always say with the asterisk there? That just wait until there's a scandal. Just wait right. until he's you know he is knocked off his message. It's almost you know it's it's like. I guess there's two scenarios. The sports scenario is it's the you get punched in the face and suddenly you're stunned and you don't know what to do. Um, or it's like, the, you know, on the debate stage when, uh, you know, think back to just the last presidential debate, that first debate where President Trump was so, so aggressive. And, and, and he, you know, I think was widely criticized. Oh, for, yeah. Like his approach. But. It did. It kind of shocked Joe Biden into not really completely capitalizing there because he just didn't know how to handle it. I think right. Governor McKee is in that, that kind of spot right now. He he comes in with you know his his talking points and I want to talk about you know vaccinations and and COVID and how things are going, um, and then he gets completely knocked off his message. And then what where that kind of compounded is. He has, as I've said to you a million times, a real—he um, has a, a distrust of the media in a way that you you haven't seen before. What I mean by that is he, he just always assumes everybody is there and out to get him, huh. and and I think he's got it. I think he's really you know he writes these things off as oh, Channel 12 doesn't like me, or, you know, this is opposition research from the other candidates. The problem is, is that no one, whether that's true or not, no one in the public knows that. Right. I think he really struggles um, when, when his back is against the wall. He doesn't answer these questions. He doesn't feel comfortable doing it, um, and, he, and he comes across – kind of not nearly as slick and as comfortable as he did, you know, when it was just COVID or when it was just, you know, even for the stretch where he got lots of Providence school questions, he understood the issue. He, he, he was able to kind of um, answer those questions directly. Now I think he's got in his head, oh, these guys are already out to get me and uh, and he just doesn't have great answers for the questions.
0: Mm. Headline in the globe, Rhode Island will give unvaccinated workers 75 days unpaid to get COVID-19 shots after October 1st deadline how do you think he's handling this it's it's brewing under the surface these healthcare workers that he has put the mandate that they're going to lose their jobs uh October 1st if they're not vaccinated that this seems to be I don't know what to make of this 75 days unpaid it's like 75 days until you get fired but (laughs) how do you how do you think he's handling this Dan McGowan
2: I think he was in a really hard spot from the beginning this is something he didn't want to do uh this was a, you know, I think a couple of things. I think this is certainly a health department uh, push that he probably caved to um, or, or at least, you know, was willing to say, okay, that, you know, that, that makes some level of sense. Let's do it. I also think don't underestimate the politics here nationally. You know, he, what he's trying to do uh, for his gubernatorial run is be really intertwined with the National Democratic Party. He wants he, the ideal thing for Dan McKee uh, would be to have Joe Biden campaigning for him next year, even in a Democratic primary. And why, why does that matter? The reason it matters is he's hired National Democratic consultants. They're following the National Democratic playbook. So you see what other governors who are Democrats in this country you know, are pushing. You're seeing it a little bit in Connecticut, other places certainly the national message. And I think he thought, okay, this seems to make some level of sense. You and I probably would agree. Of course, you know, the majority of people we'd like to see vaccinated. Right. The problem is, is they didn't quite figure out, well, what, what's the end, you know, the, the, what, what, what's the end game here? What yeah. happens when, when, even if it's 10, 5% of people aren't getting vaccinated, are they really going to lose their jobs? Yeah. Um, and I think what really shifted things last week um, was when the, when the firefighters came out and said, That's right. hey, there's a problem here because that was um, you know, the very simple way to say it and this is a little bit crass, but able to write off some of the healthcare workers and say, well, you know, they're, they're a little anti-vaccine, they're probably not going to vote for me anyway. The firefighters, you need politically and Big I think time. that changed the, the conversation here. So you give a little bit of an extension, you hope it starts to work out um, this is not a question he wants to answer because it's you. You certainly don't want to be the you know the governor who reopened the economy, but then fired a bunch or you know or cost a bunch of people their jobs.
0: Folks, quick break. A lot more Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro show. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote. yankee tree service 401-439-6028 fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist yankee tree service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankeetreeservice.com whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding Yankee Tree Service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps. Tree pruning. You know, many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down. The licensed Arborists with Yankee Tree Service, they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree. Emergency service or bucket truck service. They'll get up in the bucket. Call Yankee Tree Service today for a free quote. 401 439-6028, 439-6028, or online at yankeetreeservice.com. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. I love the fact that there's going to be an election uh, coming up, this Democrat primary. Senate District 3, Ed Fitzpatrick, your colleague, has a great story. What do, you, what do you make of this? Who's, who's the front runner? How do you see this going, Dan Demi- McGowan? So
2: I think, there's, I think there's two kind of front-running candidates right now. Uh, one is a, a young woman uh, named uh, Hillary Levy Friedman. Uh, we should be very clear up front. This is, I think, the 2nd uh, Democratic district in the state of Rhode yep. Island. Uh, a Democrat's going to win this seat without question and hands down. So let's start there. There are two candidates: Hillary Levy Friedman, who's you know uh, a professor. She you know was involved in. Uh, she, she just wrote a book about pageants, which is actually yeah. it's quite good, quite quite a good book. Um, and, and she's running and she had been running for a little while, and so she's raised some money. She's out front, and then there's a prov- former Providence City Councilman Sam Zurier, yeah, who uh, was uh, you know who was a very popular councilman, yes. uh, in his in na- yeah in yeah. his neighborhood. So those two, I think, are. A little bit of the front runners. Interestingly, neither of them have the key endorsement from the the Democratic committee. There, the that's a a, a person named Brett Jacob, uh, who works for the mayor. Then there's an interesting former state rep, Ray Rickman, who you know, yeah, uh, he's very running, well. and he'll yes. be an, he'll be an, he'll be an interesting candidate. I, I'm one thing I would say with him is, you know, it's been a long time since he's been in office. Campaigns have True. changed. I think he's got a ch- he's got a good story to tell. Yep. Um, and so, and then there's a, there's a, you know, a far, far left kind of defund the police progressive and that kind of message could resonate with some voters. Remember Brown university is in this district. And right. so, you know, student voters, things like that. So you've got a, a you know, a, a deep cast again, I would put uh, Hillary Levy Friedman and Sam Zurier as kind of the initial favorites. Um, uh, but it's going to be uh, an interesting race in what you're seeing. You even see it now in Ed Fitzpatrick has a great kind of Q&A with every with every one of the candidates. The thing they're all being asked every, you know, at the doors at, uh, you know, for every, you know, Planned Parenthood survey, all these kind of, you know, the, the activist groups, they're all being asked, would you support the Senate president? Um, And that shows you, you know, in this district where people are, you know, it's it's not your average voter. Right. It's more affluent. It's more educated. They're paying really close attention because they take their uh, their elected officials very seriously. So it's going to be a really fascinating uh, race. And it's quick. It'll be, you know, the primaries in October and then the general election, which, again, a Democrat will win is November 2nd. So this is a sprint to the finish line. Um, to be the next senator on Providence's east side.
0: Now, Gina Fam, she's the one. She's in with Matt Brown on the collaborative. I just don't – I think in a short window, you, you just it, – it's tough to compete. They are hungry on the ground. They have a lot of volunteers. There's a lot of enthusiasm for you. I don't think Dan McGowan, you can be more progressive than she is. But I think um, that, that's something to watch when you have that type of uh, street street game power behind you.
2: Yeah. Well, and remember this, you know, what, what's, that's such a good point. You know, the really it is becomes a numbers game. And I was talking to somebody yeah. who, who knows Providence really well. And they said to me, you know, the thing about the East side is it, it's hard because it's so insular and it, you know, it, it's less about, you know, storming every door and knocking on doors. Of course, that's a, that's how campaigns win. That's what matters. But you know, what you really need is they compared it to if you were trying to, you know, unionize, let's say a big uh, office, like a hospital or something like that. And what you need to do is you find a power broker, let's say, uh, Mirth York, right, the former Democratic uh, candidate for governor, uh, you know, is a big player over there on the east side, and you get her to find 30 friends, and you have a house party and you try to spread the word that way. The challenge with that sort of uh, almost organic way of, you know, identifying the most important people in the city or in, in the neighborhood is because it's so quick. Right. I mean, even in a, even in a race that should have high turnout, um, this could, you know, this, this is really going to come down to five, six, 700 votes could win you the Senate seat. And by the way, once you win it, I mean, unless you screw up royally, um, you're probably going to be the senator for as long as you want to
0: be. Right. Do you think that – last question. Do you think the big field helps Hillary Levy-Friedman or, or hurts her that there's so many different options? So
2: I think it helps her in the sense that uh, in some ways, Ray Rickman and Sam Zurier kind of cross each other out. They're a little yeah. bit older. Uh, they may draw from some of the same votes. I think, again, the progr- Gina Pham, who's the, you know, the most progressive candidate in the race, you know, she'll have her kind of course, but may struggle to, you know, make inroads with some of those, those major players. You already see Hillary Levy Friedman's got, you know, the, the Charlie Baxton endorsement, oh, things yeah. like that, which, which, <laughs> you know, which is so strange to say, but it actually does matter over there. And so she, she's also very organized. She has one of the best campaign managers in the state. And the guy is going to almost certainly run a gubernatorial campaign next year, Eric yep. Um, And so, Oh, it's a good test run. I mean, she's in a very, very good position. The question is going to be, you know, does, does a Sam Zurier break through as just the candidate that everybody's comfortable with, a guy who, you know, was a good councilman? Uh, one of the things that you know, I wrote a column on this last week, kind of talking about sort of how the East Side works. One of the things over and over that to me was, you know, Sam Zurier's is great. He, he used to send out a newsletter every week and talk about, you know, everything he was thinking in the city of Providence. And it's true. Sam Zurier used to send out, as a councilman, every single Sunday, he would send 1,500 words of, here's where I stand on every issue. Here's what's happening. Here's what I agree with. Here's what I disagree with. Voters loved that. In fact, when he was replaced, when he was replaced the candidates who ran to, to take his spot had to promise they would do the same thing. Wow. Um, and so people remember that. It hasn't been that long. He only left office in 2018. And so that's why I say Friedman or Sam Zurier seems to be the favorite, but six, 700 votes could win this.
0: Last question. Where, where does Brett Jacob, where, where does this leave him?
2: You know, he's the endorsed candidate, so you can't underestimate that. I think a challenge is it, it, with, with a person like Brett Jacob, this is where Gina Fam's also got a challenge, is when you're not widely known right. in those kind of wealthy pockets of the East yep. Side, uh, it's really difficult to make those inroads. There are people that just won't let you in the door. Right. Um, and so I think they'll have, cha- they'll, they'll have challenges, but look, young, you know, and it's possible you see a Brett Jacob and Gina Fam kind of cross out of one another, although one is far more liberal than the other. Um, you know, certainly he'll have some appeal, right? Uh, openly gay, you know, he, he works for the mayor, so he knows the issues in the city of Providence. Um, but...
0: I think that hurts him. Yeah, it might. <laughs> if, if is I'm, not that I'm popular sending, right now. It's such a good my, point. If
2: I'm sending a mailer, I would probably use that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Hillary Levy Friedman, if, if she walks into the butcher shop at Starbucks, it's, you know, it's an event. She's she's the name. I, yep. Right now, it would seem like her or Sam Zuria Folks, each day, I uh, start the day with Roadmap, and it's just so much information, and, uh, and it tells me things that I don't know, and, and it's free, and Dan McGowan, if you don't mind, uh, I'd like you to offer it to everyone that's listening right now.
2: No problem, John. Thank you so much for that. free, uh, You're going to get new information from me. You're going to get some, sometimes interesting today, we're talking about the, the Brown University Graduate Larry Elder, who you know John, yes. is running for governor in California. And if Gavin Newsom is recalled, Larry Elder will be the governor of, uh, of wow. California. Uh, although it's now looking like yeah. Gavin Newsom will the not be recalled. Uh, and so you know, you get lots of stuff like that. You get occasionally you get a scoop, you'll get uh, lots of analysis. And so the easiest way to get it, just send me a blank email. rinews at globe.com. R-I News. At globe.com, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning.
0: Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Great job, Dan. We'll talk to you again.
2: Thanks, John. Have a good day.
0: Mega Logistics. They're there to help you. Give them a call today 401 431 2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing? Logistics, 401-431-2300. You're listening to The John DePetro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live, you can also... Contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have uh, links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of The John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on. And right at the top, it says Radio Show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there, and you can listen. It's all in uh, library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at thepetro.com I can breathe clearly now, my mask is gone. Nothing but a big smile for all to see. Gone is the vouching mask I had to wear. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 of clean air. My lungs will be full, 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 of beautiful